I'm Lawson. And I'm Ollie. And, and we're, we're Two Force. Hello and welcome to the Two Force podcast where two queer comedians discuss Netflix's animated comedy, Q-Force. We'd like to acknowledge this podcast is recorded in Mianjin, Brisbane, which is Yagra and Turable Land. I'm your host, Ollie, and my pronouns are they, them. I'm your host, Lawson, and my pronouns are he, him, but also gender is a construct I don't believe in. Anyway, let's get into it. Today we have... Wait, wait, we, we can't, we can't get into it quite, we can't get into the episode yet. That's right, we've got one more thing we have to do. We, we have a guest. We do have a guest. Who's our guest? Would you like to introduce him, Ollie? Oh, I don't think I can do an introduction that would properly capture the scope of this glorious man. <laughs> what about name? What about the name? Oh, yeah. You do it, that? His name is Mark Grimes. Mark, who, who are you? Hello, Olivia and Lawson. It's so good to be here. It is indeed uh, Mark Grimes. And uh, yeah, I am also a queer comedian who uh, goes by he, him and Mark. And it's so nice to be here to discuss such amazing Netflix comedy. I Absolutely. Thank you for watching the show. Was that a hint of sarcasm? <laughs> yes, without the video on, you can't see my full sarcasm being portrayed. But uh, yes, definitely sarcasm. We appreciate people coming on the journey with us because it's certainly a journey that... Um, yeah. It, we have chosen to go on. <laughs> we have chosen to go on, but it's one of those things that it helps that a lot of people are, are doing it with you. You know, you know it's a burden yeah. that we must mm. share. Yeah, like... It... I have to come clean. I watched oh. the first episode and stopped after that. Yep. And I haven't watched episodes two and three, and I'm only watching mm-hmm. this episode because you kindly asked me to come on the podcast. Otherwise, <laughs> it would be destined to the bin. That is perfectly fair. That's fair and valid. And we'll keep you caught up, I think, on, on anything that happened in those two episodes. But what do you think about... Let's ask you this. What do you think about this episode as compared to the first episode? Which do you prefer? Oh, this episode by far is is superior to yeah. the first episode. Yeah. Mm. The, the first episode has a lot of straight-out homophobia yeah. in lieu of setting up a world that we, we, we've talked about is probably not necessary. Mm. Yes. Mm. And as with all of these things, a very US-centric view of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. My baby's going to hunt the Taliban. Yeah. Is the, Why? Uh, is the line from V. I feel like we've brought that up every episode. I think it's just that no. line that's going to haunt us. Like, it, it's... Maybe. It's, when I die, on my gravestone, someone is just going to, like, carve into it, and it will be Lawson carving in my baby's going to hunt the Taliban. <laughs> Well, look, I think if you're going to be a scary ghost, you might as well do it for scary people. You know, <laughs> I might not say Taliban. I might just say, like, hunt the criminals or something. I... And then you can go after anyone you think might be bad. Oh, I'd appreciate know? that. Or you could just do hunt the insert your choice here. Oh, sure. thank you. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. I appreciate that. Leave it open for me to decide who I wish to hunt and or haunt. Ooh, actually, you know what would be so badass is the, <laughs> on your grave... <laughs> You have your epitaph, but then someone's carved into the back, hunt your enemies. <laughs> that is terrifying. We should write a thriller. We would be so good at writing a thriller. Hunt your enemies. Is that the dead person's enemies or is it the person who's reading the gravestone's enemies? Is it like a, is it like a statement? Say, hunt your enemies. Don't die before you hunt them. Ooh. What I like about it is it's very open to interpretation. You know, it lets the ghost do sort of whatever they want to do, which I think is really the key to life. You know, follow your passions. <laughs> and it also lets people who come by and see it, they get a little bit of a boost to them and be like, yeah, I should face my demons, you know, yeah. hunt my enemies. Yeah. I, ironically, you have left the open for interpretation where Q-Force leaves fuck all open for interpretation. <laughs> Mark's here doing our job and bringing it back to Q-Force. Um, so I'm sorry, should... I'm sorry. There's certainly a subtext in, say, your basic spy show, like a James Bond or something, that even mm. though those are very obvious, it's still subtext, and they sort of chuck yeah. that out the window in this show. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So I feel like it's important before we start the episode to acknowledge that cliffhanger that we ended the last episode on for Mark. We'd gotten some uranium, we'd foiled the Kazakh's plan, 
and our heroes are doing well. They've succeeded their first mission and Deb goes home and bam, Pam has been kidnapped. Our queen Pam. Yes, and so you haven't been introduced to Pam because you've only watched episode one, but she's potentially the best character on the show and it's just a very lovely and supportive partner to Deb. We love her. She is supportive. She is everything. Uh, she likes a big hole. Mm. And, I th- and I'm interested, how did you feel about the character as she was portrayed in this episode, just with, with no knowledge? Well, you know, I, I agree she was very supportive and she, she certainly was one of the nuanced characters within this episode. <laughs> yep. And, yeah. and not, such, uh, not so much overacting that it hurt. <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I did. You're right. She's a nice character. She seemed really good. And fortunately, you didn't really have to watch the previous episode to pick up what had happened with the kidnap. No, one thing I would say the no. show is good at is just straight up telling you what's going on and what's going next and what the stakes are. It's it's driving you mm-hmm. along. And um, we should say the episode is called Eurovision. You already called it out for the overacting. Um, I don't know a lot about Eurovision, but basically what happens in the show is they're flying to Eurovision because that is where the coordinates that were written on Deb's house said that her wife, Pam, was. Mm-hmm. And I've got Kazakhs are the bad guys still because I'm, you know, yes. it's just they seem generically Middle Eastern in, in, in a way that I don't appreciate the show is doing. And Steve is not very cool to Deb about no, no. <clears throat> her freaking out. No, absolutely not. He's he's so insensitive and she is justifiably like upset and freaking out because that's her wife, goddammit. Yeah. And also, you know, I, I think unfairly picking on the Kazakhstanis is a great trope of a lot of American drama even, not just mm. comedy cartoons. You know, they, they pick on a nation which is stricken with poverty, clearly not a true enemy of the state, so they can yeah. say it without it getting any ramifications, and that's, mm. that kind of upsets me a bit. Yeah. I feel the, the Kazakhstan certainly suffers from its pronunciation being, like, identifiably Middle Eastern. Absolutely. You know, it has Stan in there, it's got the Ach in there, you know, and I think that it just makes it so easy. I guess this could have been... We could have had different countries mm. as well. You know, James Bond is racist in its structures as well, but not every movie is about the Russians. Yeah. Well, I also mm. just want to point out that I have an issue with, and this is <laughs> me being a Eurovision nerd, Eurovision, obviously a parody of Eurovision, but it's very important to... I like the name Euro- Eurovision. It's Eurovision quite funny to is- me. It's so dumb, but that's one of those jokes where it's just like, it's very silly. I like it. But Kazakhstan has never actually been part of Eurovision. They, mm. They've they been part of Eurovision Junior, and it's only been in the past few years. And there was a decision made, I think, in the 2010s that they would consider Kazakhstan. But then in the 2019 Eurovision, they were like, nope, we're not putting Kazakhstan in. It's yet to be determined if they're going to be in future Eurovision Song Contest. Australia was in there. Yeah. Why not why not Kazakhstan? I don't know. I reckon <laughs> that the writers were were probably worried that they might get sued by Eurovision if they actually called it Eurovision. So they, they decided, oh well, Europe Vision. It sounds uh, it sounds the same. We'll just use that. <laughs> the other thing is like I feel like John Olasand, who is the I, I've butchered that pronunciation, who was the former big guy at Eurovision. As long as you get permission from Eurovision to use their stuff, they're pretty cool with you using it. But there uh, is, right. there are also other requirements to that usage, which is why um, that Will Ferrell movie that I cannot remember uh, the name yeah. of, where it was all Eurovision, all the like entries in that movie, like the fake Eurovision entries, I think followed the actual Eurovision rules, which is ideal. But obviously, I don't think they want to go through all that effort in a cartoon where they're making fun of it. So, Eurovision. <laughs> I just think I I think it's a, I think it's a funny way of saying it. I, I liked it. And Genovia is a country that they've made up, obviously, mm. famous for its big hole. It's a parody of Genovia. And the Transylvanian, the Transylvanian Alps, I don't think exist either. <laughs> no, um, probably not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a made-up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Give it. Um... Yes, I think you. I think you might be right. <laughs> yeah. Twink's very supportive of the Genovia getting Europe vision. He says, "Good, go you." Mm-hmm. And then at this point, Deb jumps out of the plane. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she's, I, I'm done with this shit, I I want to save my wife, uh, you guys are talking about Europe Vision, 
fuck you, I'm out. Well, they also just get to the country of Genovia. And and really, Deb's kind of one of those people who you're packing for a trip, you know, and maybe she's just one of those people who's already got it ready the morning of, but she's not going to let you wait around to grab some extra mm. stuff. She's getting that car, and if you're not in the car to go on your road trip, you know, that's it. You're, you you yeah. got to get your own way to the next to the next checkpoint because that's happening at ten fifteen and Deb's gone. Yeah, um, yeah. But like, <laughs> pa- Pam has said we're getting in the car at nine a.m. If you if at nine a.m. you're not shoes on ready to go, if you say I need to go to the toilet, Deb is leaving without you. <laughs> and I think this will come up later on as she's got a weird way of deciding how to get from one place to another. Yeah, and the other the other thing I think in that particular scene was the final line that was delivered as Steve, uh, Agent Mary, jumped out of the plane was, hey, Q-Jet, you park yourself. You can do that, can't you? Which yes. was pointless. I, I sh- he should have just jumped <laughs> and, and, and we, we would have assumed yeah. that the plane has some magic powers that it can land itself. I think they're implying that it may not. Yeah. I... Yeah, but it wasn't It wasn't delivered that way. No, yeah. no. It, it, it left it unclear. And plus, we already know that Deb is like the person that can like make a gadget work, but the Q-Jet isn't made by Deb. And we already get a joke about like Deb being like, oh, well, this thing that I did work. So we don't need that joke about the Q-Jet. Just jump into Genovia. I keep wanting to say Genovia yes. because it's obviously a parody for Princess Diaries. By yes, the way, yes. too many parodies. Too many. Um, Your vision and Princess Diaries at the same time, you think? Uh, not well, it's already a spy parody, I suppose. Yeah, too many. Too, too much. End it. And then they're all in fancy outfits. And yes. I wanted to talk about the outfits for a bit, if you guys... Do you, do you guys remember any sure. of them? Uh, I only remember a terrible dress. On who? On Deb. I, I agree. She looks yeah. uncomfortable in she it. Looks it's so it, uncomfortable. Everyone seems like they've brought their own stuff. And then Deb, it seems like someone's given that to her. I don't know. It's kind of a an ill-fitting bridesmaid's dress that someone mm. who, you know, it's like, oh, no, the bride has to look better than everybody. So we'll give the ill-fitting <laughs> bridesmaid's dress to everyone else. Obviously, Buck just looks regular and boring. Yeah. Yeah, Buck is just straight man Buck. Although he did drop red shit on his white shit, which, yes. you know, that, that's like, oh, that's that's funny. <laughs> what do you think of Buck, uh, Mark? Wow, Mark, I want you... Well, you know, I don't think... Uh, but the thing is, isn't that Gary Cole who's voicing Buck? No, no, Buck is David Harbour, so... Um... Dave, right, uh, sorry, yeah, David Harbour from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like him, I think he's amazing, but I think Buck the character, and I'm sure we'll get into this a bit later, his pure, vicious masculinity around uh, sexual prowess seems to be all that he has. Yeah, mm. yeah, kind of. Yeah. And, tr- and trying to fuck anything that moves, which again... Ah, well, really? we will talk about this a bit later, but I, like the thing that I find the most strange about it is that this character even exists on a show that is purely a queer spy yeah. show. Why? Mm. You know, we've asked this question every episode, I think. This is what might actually be on your gravestone, uh, Olivia. It's just, why? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and a picture yeah. of Buck with a with a um, big red strike through it. How, uh, how dare you defile my gravestone? Yeah, with you're a right. That's of too Buck. cruel. <laughs> That's so mean of you. So Twink's outfit was red suit with uh, sort of like a tighter waist and a ruffle and, and a ruffle breast area thing, and maybe like a bolo tie. I think it was. It was very, it was very desire from Sandman. If you know that reference, it was very non-binary. Yep. And we've talked about this as well, Mark. That both Stat and Twink could be non-binary, but the show doesn't have the like mm. balls to. Doesn't yeah, have the doesn't, gusto. Doesn't have the genitals or the balls to, uh, to actually do that. Uh, to actually do it. To call it out and actually be, um, be. Uh, honest about it yeah steve looks fine yeah. good he's right that they look good for changing as they jumped out of a plane while connected to a parachute but he doesn't look fantastic and stat has this like wednesday adams look on which i also think oh, didn't yeah, quite I, I felt it didn't fit the event but it did feel like she no. picked it out herself yeah like out of everything i feel like i i do remember stat's outfit and yeah it feels like the sort of outfit where if Stat was told you have to wear a dress, that's the dress that Stat would wear. <laughs> like, 
It's fine. Yeah, it it feels like her idea of formal is walking around half-ruined cathedral at night, <laughs> you know? Wow, that is poetic. Thank you, thank you. But I think in that respect, at least she was true to her character mm. and what she was wearing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But I, it, did, it did make her less of a good spy, but it didn't really matter in the end because she wasn't undercover. So then they're at Europe Vision and V has told them that at Europe Vision they'll be contacted by her contact. The contact is yep. the Princess of Genovia and she has the same storyline as Anne Hathaway's story from Princess Diaries. Yeah, Mia Thermopolis, yes. But we also, we've missed that Genovia is a... Um, Christmas land. Is a land of Christmas cheer. That's right. This, there is a song that a tiny boy sings uh, with a line that just says, land of Christmas cheer and a big, big hole. Well, the, and the, just, just that's hang right. on there. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> that whole piece was so ridiculous to have a, a boy soprano sing that song and then not long after i think it was uh, twink basically said can we kill him he's a threat to me and then i i think there was another line that was something along the lines of yeah i'm just going to check out the internet i can't be bothered listening to oh, a yes. small boy singing about his hole any longer now that to me um <laughs> even on an adult cartoon is is just a little bit mm, uh, really it's a little much. Really? Like, I would be fine if it stopped at, like, the song is ridiculous. We, we It's funny because there's a big hole in Genovia. Yeah. And the, lake, ha, 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 the we... lake is filled with prawns. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I think, it, it, giving it the best reading possible, yes. it was a funny parody of the way in which Eurovision and Americans package countries into one or two characteristics yeah that, that's that's a yeah. that's a fair point well made <laughs> that would be that would be a very generous interpretation <laughs> yeah. i think but one thing i did like about the land of christmas cheer i agree with you the singing boy was singing about his holes i don't know if i was a big fan of that joke the twink joke i also wasn't a big fan of that joke but it wasn't as bad to me. It just wasn't... It, it's the worst parts of how they see Twink yeah. as a character. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. backing that up even further was the next line, which was when Twink says, I know more about Eurovision than anyone. Eurovision and ass, I've got us covered. And, you know, that is, again, <sighs> to all the stereotypes that this program seems to want to feed rather than be a sort of a, a, a piece of its time that's funny with real characters that we can all relate to. Mm. Mm. I don't disagree that that's the total characterization. I'm not sure that single line I'm going to call out for, you know, I think it's okay for one of the characters to be overtly sexual or some of the characters to be overtly sexual in that way. I think that's part of all culture, you know, yeah. but the sex, the sexual braggadocio what I didn't like was when they meet the princess. Oh, this is a cursed joke. Oh. I'll, I'll talk about it at the oh, end. I'll talk no, about it at the I end. Know, I know I'll the tease the, I'll thinking, tease it. No, I well, there's a couple. Joke. There's a couple, uh. actually, at this moment. But Buck and the princess, let's just move right on to Buck and the princess start flirting with each other. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And the Christmas thing. There's an ongoing joke throughout the show where they have these cocktails that are Christmas drink cocktails, which I mm. think, thought was quite good. Yeah, like, I, I'm fine with that visual gag as well. It, yeah, it's, um, and Stat can't access the Christmas internet because no hacking on Christmas internet. Yes, um, and she gets put on the naughty yes. list. Naughty list. <laughs> actually made me giggle. <laughs> it's a very silly joke. But it, um, it is silly, but it's also fun in, in yeah. a way that it limits her and, and forces her to move towards her storyline this episode. Yeah. But I think it also... It says something about the situation they're in, like Genovia, but also Europe Vision. Yeah. It's you get that first hint that this Christmas land is a little off. Yeah, not not all that it seems. Mm -hmm. No, and, and the fact that the princess obviously is completely and utterly oblivious to what happens in her own country. Mm. The other thing, so Princess Mira, there's a few, as someone who is a fan of the Princess Diaries. Um, yes, please give us some corrections. Honor jokes. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. There's a few little things that I actually did enjoy where it was like, I can't even remember what Steve said 
but as she's coming down the stairs, Twink says something to Steve and he replies, shut up. And that's a whole thing in the Princess Diaries. Princess yep. Diary mm-hmm. fans, mm-hmm. you get me. You understand. No, I've not um, seen any of the Princess Diaries. And honestly, <gasps> I know... Oh my god. <laughs> I, have, I haven't either. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Uh, <gasps> oh! I know that line, though. I know that shut up, shut up bit from yeah. uh, just, I guess... Yeah. Cultural osmosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ads on TV yeah. for the movies. C- yeah. C- and then I... another thing... Oh, go ahead, Also, also is it, we, we completely uh, ignored Demetrius. In, in uh, that first scene. Who cares about Demetrius? Ah, but, but, you know, his <laughs> accent was clearly Jerobian. <laughs> was it? And the, the line that I thought was quite funny and clever was, uh, he's like the Ryan Seacrest of Europe. He's also this, but straight. And I thought that, yes, I thought that yes. was a good line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's perfectly fine to make fun of Ryan Seacrest. Every, the, no one's gonna, no one's gonna have a problem with no that. No one is gonna have an issue with Ryan Seacrest slander. Personally, I'm all for it. <laughs> He's got millions of dollars. He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll be fine. Uh, so but, Buck and the yes. princess start a romance, is what I said before. Uh, mm. yeah. Because they're two straight people. And we know the princess The princess yes. is their contact in Genovia because V used to be part of the princess's details, providing security for yes. her back in the day. Mm-hmm. Then the next thing that happens is they... Uh, oh, so the princess has for them security badges. To be security for yep. Vox Tux. Mm. Yes. Do you want to... Who is the yeah. Genovian entry for Europe provision. And in a surprising turn of events, the F slur is dropped. <laughs> yes. Not the first time, not the last for this show. Mm. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's just like, I get reclamation of a word, but it's also like... It's not reclamation if you're I... using it to slur another member of the community. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But... But I also no. don't understand, you know, where that comes from, you know. So I don't understand Twink mm. saying she can say F. So there's this joke that kind of, I've seen the joke where it's just like, an example is on TikTok, there is a really big black community and sometimes they'll tell people you can come to the cookout. Right. So it's kind of saying that you're an ally, we feel comfortable with you, we're going to welcome you into our space. And I feel like that's kind of trying to say that. But mm. it's just saying something like you This is my cursed this is my cursed thing. Yeah. They say they say that Genovia's had gay marriages for since the fifteen hundreds yeah. and that their Renaissance art was so much better, which is pretty good yeah. as a joke. And the issue I have, I guess, with it is not necessarily the joke, not necessarily the slur, but that I don't see where she's deserved it, you mm. know, where she's earned it. Mm. You know, if you're going to have that joke, if you're going to include someone into the community in that way which is positive you know potentially what has she done you know it's not like since i hit the throne i put 18 billion dollars of genovian's treasury into um at-risk homeless (laughs) gay youths you know Uh, what's the value of that line as well it wasn't it wasn't worth adding you know they should have just let it go Mm, mm. i think mark they have a in their contract this many jokes per episode (laughs) potentially i also feel like their writer's room is very much like cisgender white gay men who are over Mm. like over 40 who are just like this was really funny when i was younger but don't understand that in writing for modern queer audiences. We don't want to be politically correct. It's more just like, hey, we don't want to punch down. It feels dated. Yes. It does it does feel dated as a as as a show. It doesn't uh, it doesn't strike me 2021 at all. Mhm. Mm-hmm. No, no. It, again, it feels like they were stuck because the in the first episode they have this they have this this is when don't ask don't tell was repealed thing that you know, they say mm-hmm. is part of it, but there was no need for them to place that timeline on themselves. They could just be like, hey, here's a show about a new queer agency put together specifically to, you know, mm. root out terrorism in gay communities. And, like, that would be enough for a show. You would, you don't need to have the... Yeah. yeah. We've said this before. We've said it so many times. Speaking of homophobia, <laughs> Twink gets into a cat fight with Vox Tux, like, immediately because Twink says... I like your music. Yes. Like, I liked your first album, and Vox Tux is like... Your album, Vulnerable Slut, it saved my life. Yeah. yeah. Which I actually... I do love the name of the <laughs> album, <laughs> to be honest. And she says, 
oh my god, that's horrible, that's my old stuff, I hate it, I hate it now, so cringe. And it's just like, one, not many artists do that, I don't think. <laughs> Especially when you're at that sort nah, of like, no. higher end event sort of thing that they were at. Two, this creates a situation where Twink feels he has to fight back against Vox Tux and baits yeah. her into singing the high F, yeah. which I don't know anything about. Uh, no, no, no. High no. H. It's a high no. H sharp. No, 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 no. Sharp. High H sharp, right? Now, H sharp doesn't exist. What? Now, I, I, don't, I don't care about much else, but if you're going to reference musical terms, everybody knows H sharp doesn't exist. Don't, don't give that. <laughs> that really annoyed me. That really got under my skin. I love the fact that this is so upsetting. Mark, I got to tell you, I don't know that H-sharp doesn't exist. Right, Lawson, I'm going to take you aside one day and teach you musical theory of at least uh, a scale so you understand what letters are involved in a scale. You know, give him a cool Mixolydian scale. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I get it. I, I have a Bachelor of Music. He should have just said, I'm going to make you sing the H hashtag. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just... Yeah, that really upset. <laughs> but then she does it. She does it. She she sings the high H sharp. She does it and and dies and from dies. doing it. Ex- Explodes wow. from doing it. Amazing. <laughs> and this is this is this is a show you haven't seen the other episodes, Mark. But this is a show where we've seen some somewhat unrealistic things. People have jumped into radiation lakes and survived. People have gotten away from big explosions people have not been shot even though 30 people are shooting at them Mm. but some things exist within the world of the spy genre and some things exist within the world of happy time christmas land fairy times Mm. and i didn't really understand why singing a high note would make someone i I get the she was standing right next to the hole if you wanted to kill her have her break a glass push her in the hole Yeah, have a break of glass it hurts her she stumbles over and goes into the hole push her into the hole something like that i don't yeah. She was right I, next to a hole. I th- like, it's a riff on that sort of joke. Oh. Like, this person can sing so high that they shatter glass. It's like, but what if they sing so high they explode themselves? But, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I didn't hate it, but it also does feel outside of the realm of reality that we've created within the series so far. Yeah. Like, even this this series had, pink, uh, had rainbow grenades, but even those <laughs> felt like they could exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even even if there are radiation leaks and all those things, you can you can imagine that, and that's quite fun. But high note explosion, it just it just does not. Yeah, it just didn't didn't sit comfortably with me. Yeah, yeah. I, I again, I just think this is like just a little bit too much. Like, just have a glass shatter and push her over, or something <laughs> falls off. Like like a big statue with a ball rolls down and knocks her off. All, all these things are possible in, have, in the world of have cartoons. Have Twink pull a showgirls. And go full yeah, it... Nomi Malone, mm. scatter some pearls, and, you know, totally. just it's... break that motherfucker down. It's a cartoon, right? You, your graphics effects are not, you know, it's not a huge difference. <laughs> okay, so... And so, and so Twink is Vox Tux now. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's a, 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 an interesting uh, shift there. But the, the thing that's weird is the massive shrimp as well. You know, the, like... <laughs> Christmas shrimp, is, is that a thing in America? I know that, you know, you put a, a, maybe some shrimp on the barbie or prawns on the barbie here, but those shrimps in in, uh, in Europe were massive. Yeah. Yes, the they were very, very big. They looked so delicious, i got to tell you. They I mean, looked I'm absolutely mm. salivating thinking about them right now. Maybe it's because I haven't made myself dinner, but, oh, yeah. I, I, love, I love seafood. I love, I love crustacean. Yeah, so do I. And, and, and when Twink uh, picked it up and said, oh, what is this? Oh, am I going to eat this big thing? Uh, is this my Teen Wolf audition? I didn't quite get that reference either. Maybe I'm too old. I don't know. I think he said, am I going to be able to fit this big thing into my That's mouth? It. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Is it but and is I think my it's... Teen Wolf audition. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know uh, if Michael J. Fox had no, to do something I, for his Teen it Wolf. Could be, it could be a <laughs> reference know. to maybe the show Teen Wolf where... There's a lot of queer baiting, maybe uh, potentially. Okay. Like that's a whole thing. Like I could start a whole podcast on the queer baiting in Teen Wolf between uh, Styles and Derek. Yeah, Steric is a thing. 
get on the Twitter. Do you think that this the writers of this show have seen the new Teen Wolf and not just the old Teen Wolf? Absolutely <laughs> fucking not. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't Absolutely believe it. not. Um, <laughs> they only saw the movie. Yeah. Never anything else. Okay, so now one of my favorite things yes. happens. Okay, and the favorite in the season, because I've watched the whole thing, Mark. Ollie has mm-hmm. not. Favorite in the season, favorite in this episode. Stat has a robot from the last episode where they got the uranium. The robot was being hacked to steal uranium and move it to the Kazakhs. They got the head of this robot, and the, this robot has somehow developed sentience in the meantime, while it's just been hanging out in Stat's backpack. It names itself Jacqueline Box because it thinks that's what Stat would name it, which is very adorable. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm good with this. And she did mention that Jack in the Box was her favorite taqueria, which is a, a, a taco Mexican Tex-Mex chain in the no, US. I'm, okay. Yes, Stat I'm, is addicted to fast I'm food is one sure. of her character traits. They make jokes. Yeah. It, that's in quotation marks. Okay. You can see jokes okay. about I, I'm I pretty sure that the joke with jack-in-the-box being a taqueria is that it's not actually it, it's more of a burger place that just randomly sells tacos right and and, and apparently they're not great mm-hmm. quality tacos but people love them drunk or something i've seen some try guys videos or something about them trying all the stuff at jack-in-the-box but it also just is the is a female name that's makes that's robotic yeah, and ai yeah, it's, I, I, i'm fine it's, it's I'm fine with, i like yeah, it that, this interaction is wholesome and I am happy for Stat to have some time this episode and to have a friend. Yeah. And it's believable because yeah. AI is so advanced these days. It's, it is actually mm. believable. But also it's this, it's the genre, right? It's the genre of spy stuff. There's always big computer stuff mm. that can do crazy things we can't imagine in spy stuff. You know, that's, it's tech, not magic. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yeah. Jacqueline Box... <laughs> While she's being hidden away because Buck comes to get Stat out of the room so Buck and the princess can get it on. Stat puts Jacqueline Box into the bag and then takes her out again when they go out the door. And Jacqueline Box says, moments for you, eons for me. (laughs) Which I quite liked. Honestly, I am here for, if Stat and Jacqueline Box fall in love, that's the only romance I want in this show. No spoilers. <laughs> other than, kind of other what, than Pam and Deb. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of saw a hint of that towards the end. I think that that might happen, actually. Yeah. Lawson knows and will not spoil. we got to stay tuned to both the show and this podcast. <laughs> uh, so then, what Jacqueline Box did in those eons was do a bunch of research on Eurovision. Mm-hmm. Europe vision. Yes. Sorry. Important uh, distinction. And very much. figures out that it is a sale of weapons and an, Ill- an illegal goods yes. front. So yes. do you want to describe that? Either Oli or Mark, you. Well, well, no, okay. This is something I really liked, actually. I think this is fun spy stuff. Like, if the plot... If- there wasn't an overarching plot of we got to get the Kazakhs and it was just, there's something dodgy about Europe vision and that their song titles are things that they're trying to auction off. So it's um, like, I think one of the songs was Nuke My Ass, Daddy. Yes, it um, was that. It was, it was, yes. I, my my mm. girl's got a gun. My girl's got a gun yes. and she's going to shoot me with her heart. Uh, it was, yeah, it was gun-based. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like, I don't mind that. Like, that is a thing. It's kind of fun spy shit. And it's also fun camp spy shit. And fun camp realistic... Eurovision parody spy shit. You know, all oh, of that worked, and, I think. Oh, I, I think that's fine. Like, if that was the main plot of the episode, we didn't have Princess Mira with her stupid... Mm, don't even get me started on Princess Mira and Buck. Get fucked. Mm. No straight sex in this show. Let's not. Yeah, they uh, start <laughs> having straight sex. And you, I, I, straight sex. Mark, they've had, they've had two gay sex scenes in the four episodes we've watched. And one of them was went as long and as graphic as this. And the other one was maybe a couple of moments. And then they collapse. Right. Yeah. Yeah, look, I I, I, I think that uh, sex is great fun to see in cartoons. There's <laughs> lots of sex scenes that have come up in, uh, in animation. Um, oh, wait a, second, wait a second, wait a second. Sorry, I have just I've just had a memory of a traumatic experience in my childhood that I would tell you right after you finish your point, Mark. Yeah, no, so... But, but I, I think that when it's done well, it's, it can be funny, it can be touching, it can be... 
it can be really really good in terms of, of pushing mm. the the plot forward and the show making it making it um relatable but this was just blatant kind of i i'm a straight guy i need to fuck bah. and it was it was just yeah it was, i will was, say in his defense yeah, and, and her, same totally. same way to him. Mm. I, I will say in his defense, not in his defense, in the show's defense, it is a plot point kind of later on. I won't say more than okay. that. But you could have ridden around it quite easily, mm. I'm sure. Tell us your traumatic memory, Lawson. Oh, that's right, yes. Team America World Police. I'm at my friend's house. <laughs> We're yes. watching that on the TV in one room. We've got it downloaded like you paid for it right to watch it on through some like paid subscription cable thing yeah right so we're watching this maybe i'm 14 15 Mm -hmm. i would say so we're watching this and the person whose house i'm at their parents decide they'll start watching the show as well but they have a tv in another room so they'll just keep watching it over there so then we're sitting in this room, knowing they're a few minutes behind us, watching this show that they've bought for us, and the puppets start fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, oh, in five yes. minutes, in the other room, my friend's parents are going to start watching this, knowing we've watched it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is <laughs> delightful. So, yeah. I don't know what version you got, but there were two versions of that sex scene, one that got cut for Australian audiences that was including some scat, which would have been even more traumatic. I might have blocked that out, but I do remember I was watching it in Canada, so I doubt I was. I doubt I had a very blocked out one, and ah. I do remember it being quite graphic, even more graphic than this show was. It it was. I remember it. It was yeah. It was horrendous. <laughs> I, yeah. What a what a mind. Fun times. Oh, this this show is. <laughs> It's just bringing traumatic experiences out. The next thing that happens in this show is that Deb sees a bunch of spooky Kazakhs and they... Oh, they've gotten a message in the prawn that happened earlier. They got a message in the prawn saying that they can meet to find Pam at this particular room at 5pm or whatever. So then they see six guys who are all Kazakhs. Steve's like, hey, I'm about to fight you. But then Deb just takes them all on. And the action scene, really good. Yeah. It was good. Yes, good fun. Love it. They they, they have... The, the animators really have a good way of showing, like, the force of the fight scenes, I think. Mm. And the strength yeah. of Pam, uh, who, who is always really good in her fight scenes. And she does most of the fighting, which I appreciate about that. Mm. That's Wanda Sykes. No, I think Mark. that was good. Yeah, I love Wanda. I do. I knew it was her. She's. She, I love her. I think she's yeah, very yeah. funny. Um, I love her stand-up. Although, harking back to an earlier line, which I thought was amusing, but kind of a bit bizarre was when uh when she said she uses shampoo specially formulated for mascot costumes oh yeah because she's she thinks that she's seen pam everywhere uh yeah, yeah. she does she imagines pam's everywhere and there's dancers in wookie suits hmm. that are obviously washed in this shampoo for mascot mm-hmm. costumes um i know I, I don't know if that comes up later in the <laughs> series well, but uh I'm not sure where she's buying her shampoo. Probably Costco or something. It's yeah. it's this weird, like particular consumer choices lesbianism stereotype that the mm-hmm. show's done before. But I also I also yeah. kind of love. But I, I also think it's just these guys were in mascot costumes, and they were, she was like, I can definitely smell them. But what she's smelling is just obviously the mascot costume shampoo, mm-hmm. that is the same mm-hmm. one that Pam uses. That's funny, I think. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't like the part where she confused Pam for an old white guy. No. No. Yeah. Deb wouldn't do no. that. No. Uh, so then... Mascot, <laughs> sure. So then they fight those six guys and they find Pam and she's been all tied up. Yeah, so they see a video of Demetrius, who is the Ryan Seacrest of Genovia, hosting some Europe Vision stuff with his girlfriend. Is it Vonda? It's Vonda. Vonda, yes. Vonda. It is Vonda. And, and they're just like, something's up with Vonda. And then Dev's just like, wait, that's not Vonda, that's Pam. And they're able to locate our girl Pam. She's in makeup. She's been put in a heel. She looks very uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Doesn't look very Pam. And, and they're just like, we're saving her. We've got to save her. And Deb gets her girl and goes, fuck you, Steve. You don't understand. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. My wife nearly died, yeah. which is fair enough. Really powerful moment. Uh, yeah, uh, but during that time was when Pam did say, 
oh, they confiscated my Burks, obviously Birkenstocks, and put me in a kitten heel. Yeah. And uh, Deb goes, oh, mm-hmm. your arches. <laughs> Which I, <laughs> I, I thought that's it, was, so it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of an ongoing so joke as well in, in, uh, about her her arches and feet stuff. It's not necessarily my thing. but mm-hmm. I just think it shows that Deb cares so much about Pam. Mm-hmm. As she should. Pam is an angel and I love her. Well, I've written Deb continues to be the realist character. I think she it's the most grounded, the most like a real person out of all all the main team, other than maybe Buck. Uh, <laughs> and then fuck off. <laughs> and then Deb just starts walking with Pam on her back in the snow out of the Eurovision thing, saying, "I'm leaving, Steve. I'm out." Again, just like j- jumping out of the plane, she seems to have a weird idea of what yeah. the best way to get from one place to another is. <laughs> yeah. But that's, yep. that's when she comes clean to, to Deb, isn't it? Uh, to Pam, yeah. Or, yeah. Or to Pam. Deb comes clean, yeah, Deb comes clean to Pam about being a spy. Yeah. And Pam's super cool with it. She's like, we'll work yeah. this out in therapy. <laughs> yep. And then Steve gets got. Mm. Absolutely. Demetrius. By Demetrius. Yes. Knocks yep. him out. And thank you um, for structuring the show such that we had Demetrius introduced earlier on so that we could now talk about Demetrius <laughs> at this point, yeah. Mark. We appreciate I your still, professionalism. <laughs> I still right. don't care about Demetrius. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I'm, so my confusion about Demetrius is who is he? How did he end up in the position of being the broker for all things nuclear and gun uh, obsessed in mm-hmm. Europe Vision. I, I didn't quite understand how he ended up in that position. I think you host Europe Vision, and first it starts out with a little bit of blow, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe a puff or two of the wacky tobacco. Yeah. Then someone's like, hey, this gun's a bit hard to get over the border. I know you're going to another country real quickly. Um, and then it just sort of all blows out oh, of control. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the fifth year that we've written about the bombs. What should we sing <laughs> next year? So, I, th- okay, I think yeah, about sure. the bombs. <laughs> my husband is a bomb. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. My girlfriend is oh, a my bomb. My husband is the is bomb. No, my husband <laughs> yeah, is a bomb. Yeah. My girlfriend is a bomb. My daughter is a bomb. <laughs> my family are bombs. I am metal help. 1,350 tons of bomb. <laughs> she is 1,350 tons of bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, no. So then, so Pam says, Pam says, hey, I know who you are. Oh, so Deb finds out that uh, Steve's been taken because uh, because Stat's good at her Kazakhstan job. Kazakhstan changes the name of the of their song to Intelligent Man. <laughs> yes, Intelligent Man. Yeah, which which the lyrics were <laughs> six foot four, Spartan white, healthy cock, slight overbite. To which <laughs> Deb goes, oh, Steve. that sounds like Steve. absolutely. She knows immediately, <laughs> and Pam knows immediately yeah. that that Deb cannot leave her team behind. And Pam says, you go do what you need to do. I'm going to check out this big hole everybody's talking about. And that's <laughs> that's when the big hole joke broke me, guys. I, I'm not saying I'm proud mm. of it, but that's when it broke me. When she was excited to go see it after Deb had said, you know, I wish Pam was here to see this big hole. Oh, I, I laughed. They got me good. It was are enough you, repetition. Are you mm. crying, Lawson? Because <laughs> I'm crying. It was, it was funny. She... She oh. also did the callback to the balcony as well. She did later oh, on yeah. when they're balcony. all on the balcony. She's like, I yeah. love that. Yeah. That was and good. That I, was and good. I think that's I think that's some really nice professionalism from the show. And that's like that's not this anyone who writes comedy, that's not your first draft. That's the mm. second yeah. pass through. And it's always so much harder to do those. And I know that these guys are professionals but and they get paid by Netflix, but still, I'm impressed by it when I see it. I like it. If there's a second pass through, how did we maintain some of... Mm, when we get to the I, love jokes and hate jokes section, there is a joke that I hate that I will bring up. But how oh, did that stay in? Olivia, I think you and I have the same one for that. Oh, I, it might I'm, not I'm, be. Who knows? Oh, really? I think I'm, I think we are. I think we are. Do we share the same brain cell? <laughs> Who has Let's see how many people share the same favorite joke or, or curse joke later yes. on. One thing I was thinking about, uh, we're talking about queer issues, this show on Netflix. Maybe we should also do Dave Chappelle's stand-up. 
up. No. Uh, no. <laughs> nah, I refuse. I draw the line. We could review that, see if that's, you know, better or worse than the portrayal of gay characters if in this show. If you make me do that, Lawson, I'm going to quit. <laughs> so this is the second episode in a row that we see uh, Buck naked. Uh, it's his name, Buck Naked, so quite a lot. Oh, boo. Um, but I've just written again, why are there straights in this show? <laughs> yeah. In order to take out all the electricity in, in Genovia, they run off one single thing, and someone needs to hit a high H sharp, <gasps> the real musical mm. note that exists. Yeah, again, <laughs> I'm struggling with that. Um, and equally, I think the thing that I struggled with even more than that was that was going to take out the power grid, but... After the H sharp was sung, the power grid still continued to operate because the lights were still going on Europe Vision. There was lights on in the stadium outside where the pretzel counter was. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, if you're going to do this will take out everything, take out everything. Don't put some power on. Yeah, and, you know, it's very fortunate for Steve that he happened to be manacled in a digital manacle uh, that was one of the only electronic devices that did lose power. Um, you know, people often, they're like, you know what, this, these handcuffs, they don't work well enough. What we need is to connect this to a centralized system. <laughs> <laughs> More parts. That's what's important. Oh, well, no. they, yeah, they, uh, I, I, I don't want to go into too much detail, but there are remote chastity devices these days, which you can. No, Mark, go in all of the detail. Um, yeah. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm personally not into chastity, but uh, there are devices that you can buy online that uh, allow you to uh, unlock and lock via an app. Oh, and wasn't and it hacked? I know about this, but yes, I know about it because of the hacking, yeah, yes. So it was hacked. Yes, and that's that's how I know about it. The hacking occurred and people got stuck in them. Yeah, because people uh, were sending, like, no ransom. Un- I thought you were going to tell us you made quite a sum of money, Mark. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, I didn't want to disclose that on a podcast, but um, let's, uh, let's just say that I am ransom-wearing <laughs> Uh, 250,000 guys worldwide <laughs> right now. Uh, especially Sounds a show like that Spy is going to listen business. to. Ah, oh, exactly. Netflix, if you're listening to this, um, <laughs> don't. Please disregard my last comment. <laughs> or hire Mark to write your music. This could be a plot point for Q4 Season 2 if it gets renewed. <laughs> oh, you'll get hired immediately as a voice actor to be, like, big bad. I think Q-Force writers would love to do an episode specifically about a remote-controlled chassis device that seems right up the alley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so then what happens is Buck fights Demetrius. Buck doesn't defeat Demetrius, which I like. I like. They're giving the commendations no. to the gays. And Steve beats him up. And then they've saved the day. And they're on the balcony. No, no. no, no Deb Deb no, shoots no. him. Deb shoots Deb him. Deb shoots him in the head. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Deb shoots in the head. Sorry. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah. Deb shoots him in the head. Man. Twink has exploded from hitting the high H sharp. But why like, didn't Twink, Twink do die? Yes, we Twink don't... falls from the sky after being yeah. exploded in the exact so, same way that Vox Tux yeah. was. So, so, alternate dimension, maybe? Yeah. I think the reason Twink survived is two things that we hear throughout the show. One is... Vox Tux, you're not warmed up, which I thought was a good joke. And the other one I thought was a good joke was, I'm a vocalist. <laughs> which is what Twig says when they go, are you sure can, you can do the high H? I Sorry. liked it. I, I liked it. I Again, the, the coming back down, I didn't like. The I'm a vocalist, I liked. Yeah. The coming back down, the explosion, so, why? Who uh, knows? Not needed. Yeah. So Deb just straight up headshots a man. Yes, Deb straight just... up murders Demetrius. Straight. The Ryan Seacrest of you heard. <laughs> um, and but then straight. Oh yes. That's what you have to remember. But straight. Ryan Seacrest straight. is straight. Yes. I know, but there are okay. many <laughs> questions about Ryan Seacrest's sexuality that have abounded sure. for years. So. Yes. Yeah. That's... Do you think it'll be like? Do you think it'll be like Ricky Martin? I could be actually. I I I wouldn't be surprised. Or Philip Schofield in the UK. Ricky Martin just seems to be living his best life, honestly. Mm. He seems so happy now. Do you guys know of Philip Schofield? Ah, uh, no. no. Okay, so Philip Schofield's a Kiwi who made it really big in the UK on children's TV and then ended up on uh, their morning show for like eons and eons. A bit like Larry Edmer, but talented. Um, and uh, <laughs> that I know, sorry, Larry, I didn't mean that. But Philip Schofield came out 
about two years ago at the age of 53 or 54. You know, really beautiful story and how he's been supported by his his ex-wife and by the, the, the UK community at large. He's, he's um, yeah, so it, if you haven't heard of Philip Schofield, it's worth just, you know, doing a little bit of digging into into his story over the last few years. And it's, it's kind of heartwarming and a bit touching. That's so Probably nice. make you feel better about uh, gay issues than this show. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just search up like wholesome, wholesome stories of Philip Schofield. Yeah. So they now have the uranium, which they yeah. were told to bring to uh, trade for Pam. They have Pam. Everyone's happy with them, especially the princess, who gives them all medals. And V's yep. there, and they're on a balcony, which Pam likes, the callback that you talked about before. Mm. And then we get a sort of a glimpse into the overarching plot of this whole season, actually. This is the first little teaser that there's something sort of bigger happening outside of just the missions that Q-Force might go on. Because obviously mm-hmm. this mission is pretty much done. Yes. Right? Uh, and does anyone want to tell us what happens? Mark, do you remember what happens? Yeah, I, well, I um, obviously V and the princess are very good friends from way back, given that she was her security detail. And uh, then the princess is chatting to V because she's not seen her for a long time and just uh, says, how's, I think it's Karen. Karen, yeah. Yeah, and and Mm -hmm. V looks at her kind of uh, unknowingly and goes, oh, who's Karen? Uh, And the princess goes, oh, are you having one of your tiffs? And then she shows her pictures of her and Karen and how beautiful they were as a couple. But, oh, lo and behold, V has no recollection (gasps) of Karen. She can't remember ever having a partner even. So it would seem that she has potentially had some sort of memory wiping ray pointed at her head. Yeah, yeah. Like it's very it's it's all very, you know, suspicious, ten- tense. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And uh, But it's good spy stuff. Yeah, no, I'm I'm okay with this as spy stuff. Like that that's cool. Like yeah, I the things I like in the show are when it's just good spy stuff with a little bit of humor that isn't badly written and a little bit of gay and a little bit of gay, yeah. which isn't blatantly stereotypical. Yeah, like this, this, this. Hey, you have a uh, ex lover that you've lost your memory of, you know, because you're in this high danger and weird world of spying. Mm-hmm. But the ex-lover is a girl and you're a girl great yeah yep. just that's it that's enough it's yes. enough you know you don't we don't need <laughs> we don't need buck we don't need buck okay did you guys have we're, we're going along so do you guys have any favorite jokes i really like when stat first meets jacqueline box there is a moment of jacqueline being like i at the time going by code being like yeah i've gained sentience and Stab just says, that rules. I'm a firm believer that nothing can go wrong when AI goes sentient. And I think that's lovely. I, I love it. It's it's extremely funny. We stand a positive outlook. We stand a positive outlook. I also <laughs> like when Mira and Buck first start flirting, Deb just go Deb just calls it a white ass mating ritual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's perfect. It's great. Call that shit out. No one wants to see it. Yeah, and and the because it what it was specifically was actually really gross. Was the princess was talking about Christopher Hemsworth or something? And no, Buck it was, was like Chris oh, Pine. It was Chris it's Pine. Chris Pine, and the reason it's Chris, Chris Pine, Pine is because Chris Pine is Anne, Anne Hathaway's love interest in Princess Diaries too. Right. Yeah, right. and they have a enemies to lovers arc, but it's also kind of gross because he's trying to steal the crown. This is this has turned into Princess Diaries two podcast. I'm so sorry. Princess Diaries two <laughs> corner. <laughs> Uh, okay, that was your favourite joke. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go to mine? I've written a few. I like some of these jokes here. So, Stat realises that there's a block on the internet and she says, everywhere I go is a prison, which is funny <laughs> because previously we've found out that she was in prison until Steve got her out to work for Q-Force. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Twink says that he can do the singing and he says, boot me in, coach, or whatever the jocks say, yeah. <laughs> which I liked. Yeah. Then, before Twink meets Vox Tux, he's raving about how good she is. And Deb says, thanks God for that drag queen. Or maybe this is after Twink comes yeah, out with after, the Vox Tux. It's after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the very good Vox Tux yeah. disguise. 
being very confident at his job. Deb says, thank God for the drag queen. And then Twink says, thank God for every drag queen. <laughs> yeah. But not actually, though. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> I thought that I was good. That. There was a Sweden song in Eurovision that uh, the lyrics were, have you ever felt the rain get cold? (laughs) That is a very Sweden Eurovision thing to sing. Just a song about snow. (laughs) Okay. My favorite thing that's ever happened for Sweden for Eurovision is they did a song called Undo. And one of the lyrics was literally, undo my sad. Oh. Did did it work? Did it work? Well, I think they came like second or third. Sure. So not quite. I've written the shampoo fur and the mascot fur joke in my mm. favourites. And the other one I liked is um, Steve on the balcony uh, at the end of the adventure. Steve says, Deb, you really scared me back then when I thought you were leaving the team. Uh, more than I've ever been scared before. And that's saying something because I choke mm. in my apartment alone a lot. <laughs> yeah. I choke on food in my apartment alone a lot. Which is sad for Steve. I feel yeah. really worried about the guy. Mark, what was and it now, your favourite He's jokes? obviously not chewing properly. <laughs> yeah, he's he obviously not chewing properly. His mastication <laughs> needs to improve. <laughs> or perhaps he has an unusually small throat that he should see a surgeon about. We don't there know. There are many should things see a that he should potentially yeah. do. Mark, what were your favourite jokes? Uh, look, I, I can't say I had a lot of favourite jokes. Mm-hmm. I think you know, I, I think that, um, Lawson, you've picked up a few good ones there. Um, you know, I, I can't deny that Genovia has had same-sex marriage since 1540. It's why our Renaissance art is so good. was quite good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think there was... And good for that. That's a positive... The the, the being gay being positive yeah, in that joke yeah. is very different from some of the other, yeah. But I, I don't... You know, I didn't laugh out loud ever. Um, yeah, got, got it's a say. common theme. It was a it was a sit there and bear it. <laughs> when the whole joke got me, that's when I laughed. Mm. Yeah, but that's yeah, that, that's a that's a long way into twenty five oh, yeah. minutes to laugh. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I've seen the episode before, so a lot of stuff mm. I, I I knew coming as well. Yeah. But you're not wrong. I I guess we should move to our hate joke and see if Mark and I have the oh. same mm-hmm. joke that we hated. Oh. I might have it too. So yeah. why don't you why don't you go first, Mark? Then well, Ollie, then me. I, I'd argue that this isn't even a joke, but it's a line that really pissed me off. Um, if I don't bomb her pussy, <laughs> she's going to bomb America. Yep, that's that's the one I had as well. Oh my ah! god! I nearly, I, well, I physically cringed. It was just, oh, oh, dear, yeah. oh. Yep, I I had that as well. I hated it so much. Just oh. awful. I've got to say that's not on my list. <gasps> really? That's not on my list. Only what? two out of three. I'm look. Buck just is. I was more offended by the close-up shot of Buck's. Oh yeah. Like naked feet at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Why? Uh, we also get a I, lot Buck, of Buck I just, penis. I'm like, grossed so out. So much Buck penis. Yeah. Ugh. Um. O- yeah. Also, the the thing again, a line that kind of pissed me off more than anything else was, I fucking love gays. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, this show has already done a thing, Mark, where Twink dressed up as Ariana Grande and played this sort of, like, white girl loving gays being problematic thing. Mm. And it's really interesting that this show feels like white women are the ones that they need to take down Mm. with regards to, you know, homophobia towards gays. It's like, Like, I can kind of get the whole, hey, you know... Um, like a lot of gay bars have become spots for uh, straight women to do like bachelorette parties. And I can kind of get that whole idea of, ah, there's all these straight women co-opting queer culture, but yeah, it feels, it it does feel a little bit icky with its targeting Mm. towards women. Here are my curse jokes. Yes. Give us. So, the prince she's a princess she can say the f slur that was up there jesus christ uh the everyone looking like pam i wasn't the biggest fan of you know i I do appreciate what this show does with the runners but especially as i said before the old white guy looking like a lesbian thing yeah Eh. Mm. Eh. it's just it's it's like fat phobic and all sorts of things right body shaming basically yes and then the other thing is when Vox Tux is mean to Twink, 
she calls him a little gay boy. Mm. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Multiple times. Like, three times she calls him a little gay boy. And is... I, is Vox Tux supposed to be a drag queen as... Vox Tux is a drag queen as well, right? No. Or no? no, I think no, Vox Tux is just so? supposed to be a very, like... A cis woman. Yeah, a bit yeah. like, um, yeah, a bit sort of Bjorky in some yeah. respects. Yeah, I get the Bjork mm. thing from her. Mm. But she's Genovian, and the princess is Genovian, and they say they're very open to gay people in Genovia. But she seemed like she was a homophobic person. Yeah. And again, I must ask the question, if you're writing a show about <laughs> queer spies, why do you keep putting in homophobic people? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't understand that. And and I'm, I'm also, you know, I, I'm a bit curious that they have not really pushed any boundaries here it's not like they are trying to champion anything or be something that is funny queer but also uh welcoming of the community it's kind of a slap Mm. with one hand and a praise with the other it's 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 a really strange mix yeah yeah we have this sort of theory that there's that there's someone at the network or in the room or just the idea of the writers behind the show is that they've got to get 15 to 20 year old boys to watch this show. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Mm. So I think Mark, what I need to ask you now is will you continue to watch this show? I will not continue to watch this show. I am, oh. I am, I have, I, you know, two episodes for me is enough. Um, it, it's, it's, you know, I appreciate you, making me give it another go and i think that maybe it will come right maybe this is just the the setup that allows it to become a really cute positive queer show but i struggle to see that happening are there any shows that you would recommend instead you know, I and this is not a queer show, but I I still love Archer. No matter you know any spy genre, yes, it has a a lot of uh, things that you would argue are maybe not politically correct, but I think it really does poke fun at itself quite uh, quite well. See, I I think. Would you say Arch has Archer ever been as homophobic as the parts of this show that you've seen? <laughs> no, no, no. Archer has not been. I don't think. Um, I think Very interesting. Interesting. Archer's been blatantly sexual. It's um, it's you know the, the 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 main character is straight but is open to queer experiences, um, albeit in the line of duty, so to speak. But you know, I, I think mm-hmm. that the writing is better. The um, the the animation is is better. But yeah, I, again, mm. pitting one show against another, it's. Uh, it's yeah i would i would watch archer anytime yeah this this show is really trying hard to be the queer archer and i think it's kind of Mm. failing at like i i i like archer i'm not the hugest fan of archer but it's failing at what makes archer funny um because i think it's like oh the like the like off-color jokes are what makes it funny it's like no it's it's the knowledge of the parody that it's making that makes it funny And, and Archer uses a lot of innuendo, but then it yeah. instantly pokes fun at that. Um, and it's things that are phrased in a way that are uh, that are innuendo. And then somebody says, are we not doing phrasing anymore? You know, so it's... it's <laughs> a, a, yeah. Anyway, I, yeah, I, I like Archer. Mm. No, that's a good choice. You, you're saying this has tried to be the queer Archer yeah. and it failed at both being queer and yes. Archer. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I would yeah. agree with that sentiment. <laughs> I just, there, there was so much openness to this show being good. And and after watching the whole season, it as I say, it does get better. And you, you've seen that from this episode from, to the first. But I don't know. I, I, they have to write it real fast because of the pandemic. Again, is this sat in a drawer for 10, 15, 20 years? Mm. If it had know. sat in a drawer for 10, 15 years, I don't think Netflix would have made it. Oh, I don't know. I reckon Netflix would have been just like, give us anything. We're in a pandemic. Uh, maybe watch um, watch Squid yeah, Game instead. Uh, Squid Game is great. I love Squid Game. I've only maybe seen two episodes. Let's get the writers from Q Force onto Squid Game to actually <laughs> play the Squid Game, and whoever survives gets to write season two. Wow, that's dark. I love it. <laughs> uh, at Netflix. 
on the get the right on the back of uh, that homicidal desire, uh, desire, Mark. Would you like to plug anything? Look, that'd be lovely. I uh, I have quite a lot coming up in the next uh, couple of months. Uh, I have a, a, a musical improv show on the 11th of November at Backdock Arts with Ho Hum Musical Improv. Olivia is in that as well. Yes, which, I am. Uh, uh, she is a superstar uh, singer and uh, and improviser. I have another show on the second of December with uh, a duo partner that you know uh, all know well, Imogen. Um, yes, she was on last uh, episode. Well, it's yeah. So Imogen and I have a duo called Queen and Friend that yes. have a show coming up at uh, Good Chat Comedy in uh, Pannington on the second of December. Um, and uh, yeah, just in general, get out and see local Brisbane comedy and improv, and uh, it's always good. It's always fresh, and I think that Brisbane do comedy really well. It's uh, grown up, and get out and support it. Oh, Excellent. Absolutely. We have a Facebook now. That's something that I need to spruik because I made a Facebook and Instagram now. Um, it will be out by the time uh, it's already by the time this episode releases but you can follow us anywhere at two force pod um or on facebook you can find us at two force podcast um lawson is there anything else we need to spruik i'll just say for me you can find me at lawson lion on twitch whether i will be streaming anything and have my stuff together to have the alerts that i want up or not is another question but you can follow me (laughs) and then if that ever happens you can see what i have created yes i i recommend following lawson on twitch that's it'd be very fun um and i i guess i have a twitter at oh my ollie where i tweet sometimes or follow me on letterboxd <laughs> oh my holly because um i've been reviewing i've been reviewing movies and i find myself very funny <laughs> <laughs> all right excellent Confidence. thank you everybody <laughs> thank you so much for listening Thanks. bye bye